We are, um, this is a, a, a sec, part two of a very, very little series on uh, moving in, in, in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And as I said last week, um, we've, been, we've been wanting to do this uh, since we started the church 30 years ago. And uh, um, we've been wanting to serve like this and, and do that. And so when you, you, you do that week in, week out, or you aim to do that, you, you suddenly, you, you, you forget that we've got an awful lot of folk here who are new, um, who have joined us in the last six months or so, and as a result, won't know about the journey and maybe are puzzled about why we do some of the things we do. So uh, this, is, this is to explain, and we're going to break bread in a few moments. We're going to take the bread and the wine uh, as we remember the death of our Savior for us. Uh, but then straight after that, we're also going to pray for anyone who wants to, and we'd love that to be everyone, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Those who have never been filled with the Spirit, those who were filled with the Holy Spirit in 1937, um, and, uh, and those that were filled with the Spirit a few days ago. Uh, that we're told in, Paul tells us in Ephesians to go on being filled with the Spirit. Uh, and that's because we leak. And so we need to constantly be filled with the Spirit. But I just want to begin um, with a little story that I, as I was preparing for this, that I, um, I, I read again in Acts chapter 9. Uh, just at the end of chapter 8, I quoted this last week. Um, uh, no, that's not chapter chapter 8. Um, I read this last week. Um, oh, shut up. <laughs> Don't be so smug. Um, um, when the crowds heard Philip, this was in Samaria, and, and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, Impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. There was great joy in that city. And then it carries on. There was a guy in Samaria called Simon the Sorcerer. He worked magic, and he was quite powerful in uh, evil arts. And then uh, they, he and his followers encountered Philip. And it says here, uh, they followed Philip because he had amazed them for a long time with it. Sorry, they followed Simon because he amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. But when they, the people, believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. This was normal New Testament stuff. So everything turned around. And clearly, Philip preached the gospel, and they believed in Jesus, and they gave their lives to him, and uh, they were baptized. Then we read, When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria, when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to summarize the next bit. Uh, Peter said, you Berg, you idiot. He didn't quite say that, but he said something like that. And uh, the point I want to make out of this scripture is they believed and they gave their lives to Christ. And at that moment, they would have received the Holy Spirit. But when it says they didn't receive him in his fullness... And so uh, Peter and John laid hands on them. And when they prayed for them, something dramatic happened because Simon the sorcerer saw it and said, that's amazing, I want to do that. And uh, on one level, there is this absolute truth that I believe in with all my heart uh, that Paul says to the Ephesians, that every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places is ours in Christ. When you received Jesus, you received everything. You received everything in Jesus because everything is in Jesus and everything comes from Jesus. What I believe the scripture teaches is that we haven't opened all the presents yet. We haven't unlocked all that is ours. We haven't appropriated for ourselves ourselves that which is a gift and that includes being overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit, being baptized in the Spirit, having the release of the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit. A rose by any other name would smell as sweet. I'm not particularly bothered what we call it. I just want us to receive him. I just want us to be overwhelmed by his presence. And this is available for every single one of us, as we see in the Acts of the Apostles. Now, um, he is available to us, but many Christians do not receive the fullness of the Spirit. Why is that? I think it's something like this. Um, Imagine if you suddenly get an inheritance, or you know of someone who gets an inheritance of millions, millions of pounds, but they don't touch it, they hardly touch it. They still live as paupers, they still live in poverty, they still are very, very careful, they won't won't use any of it. And you might ask, why? Why, when you've got millions of pounds that has been given to you, it's yours, it's your inheritance, Why are you living like this? And there might be a number of reasons. The first one, and the obvious one, is they don't realize how much they have. They don't realize they have the inheritance. They haven't realized this is mine. And for many Christians, we don't realize the amazing inheritance we have in Jesus Christ. Everything that is his is ours Because we belong to him and we have received him. Everything that is in him is ours. And so the first reason is we don't realize how much we have. The second reason is we do realize, but we know we don't deserve it. And so I'm going to be really careful because I don't deserve to live like a millionaire. 
so I will, I, will be, I will be very careful. I will not go into those reserves because they really shouldn't be mine. And the truth is, as I said last week, not one of you deserves it, and neither do I. That's not the basis. The basis is we don't get what we deserve. The good news of Jesus is we get more than we deserve. We receive everything in Jesus Christ. And so uh, we need to understand that, that we can spend the inheritance. A third reason I hear from many people, and I've been there myself, is, you know what? I spent some of the inheritance 14 years ago or three months ago, and I made a mistake. I did it wrong. I got it wrong. I shouldn't have gone there. I blew it. And so I don't deserve a second chance. So I need to live as a Christian pauper. I need to live in Christian poverty because uh, I got it wrong before. And again, the, the truth is our guilt is taken away. We're about to celebrate in taking the bread and the wine that he forgave all our mistakes Every single one of Andy's mistakes, I want to say to you, is forgiven. Is forgiven. Every one of your sins, and there are many, <laughs> has been forgiven. So you can come. So you can come, not on the basis of your goodness, but on the basis of his goodness and love and what he has done. And so past mistakes... Past sins should never be a barrier. We've received everything in Jesus. So I want to say this really fast. Loads of these points could be a whole talk. In fact, some of them could be a conference. But I'm just going to say them. Why be filled with the Holy Spirit? Number one, because Jesus Christ lives in us by his Holy Spirit he lives in us by his Holy Spirit. And, and it, we read in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, uh, but Christ who lives in me. And do you know, that is a glorious truth. Christ makes his home in us by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, his first job before all the others, his, the first thing he loves to do the most is reveal the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit is very self-effacing. He is just like me, shy, quiet, retiring. And what he loves to do is not point to himself, but point to the Father and to the Son. And he wants to open our eyes that we might see them. And, and do you know, it's the difference between knowing, knowing the history of God and knowing God. You know, we can learn all about God. We can have memory verses. We can learn the doctrine. We can even go to theological college and pass a pretty good degree. And still, it's like history. But when the Holy Spirit comes, when the Holy Spirit fills us, it stops being history to us, but present day reality. 
It's suddenly I flipping know you. I know you because I know you. I don't just know about you. Remember last week? The Lord, Holy Spirit bangs us on the head to get what's up here down to here. The point is to get down to here. That it would live in us. And that happens by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit enables us to cry, Abba, Father. That's what Paul says in Romans 8. We're no longer slaves, but by the Spirit, we, we let out, a, and it's a cry. It's a cry. When the Holy Spirit fills you, it's just like you, you know the Father as a personal encounter, as an experience, as a lived reality. I remember I became a Christian two months before my 16th birthday. And six months later, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And the first thing that happened when I was filled with the Spirit, I, I went home, and I, I'm Greek, so I exaggerate, but this is honestly how I remember it. This is honestly how I remember it. I spent hours for days and days and days, and I think weeks and months, sitting in my room, and all I could do was say, God, you're my father. You're my father. You're my dad. You love me. You love me. You're there for me. You'll never leave me. You'll never abandon me. You're my dad. You're my dad. You're my Abba. You're my Abba. And it, was, and it wasn't here. It was all over me. It was like, oh, I don't, I'm going to burst. I'm going to explode with this glorious truth. And as somebody, as somebody who, who didn't have a great relationship with my human father, where there were things missing, this truth immediately brought some healing to me. And that's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes. He enables us to cry, Abba, Dad, Daddy, Father. He helps us to pray. Paul also says in uh, Romans chapter 8, we don't know how to pray as we ought. And we don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit intercedes in us, through us, with us, with sighs and groans too deep for words. And I agree with Paul that we don't know how, I certainly don't know how to pray as I ought. But do you know what? The Holy Spirit comes to us, comes and fills us so that he, we join in his praying. Did you know that right now, I think I said this last week, it's worth repeating. Um, did you know that right at this moment, two of the three members of the Godhead, of the Trinity, are praying for us. Jesus Christ is interceding for us forever at the right hand of the Father. That's where he is. And the Holy Spirit prays for us from within us with sighs and groans too deep for words. And so what we do is we learn to pray in the Spirit, to pray with the Spirit. He helps us in our weakness. Feel weak in your prayer life? Good. Flipping good. It's an opportunity to learn to lean on the Holy Spirit and to pray in the Spirit. Uh, he gives us power to be witnesses. That's what, uh, in Acts chapter 1 verse 6, Jesus, before he ascends to heaven, he says to the disciples, wait in Jerusalem, wait here until you receive the Holy Spirit, and then 
you will have power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. To the ends of the earth, you will have power to be my witnesses. He doesn't leave us to do it without him. He gives us the resources to, 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 to live for Jesus, to tell of Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit uh, comes and does. And, and if you read the story of Acts, you see the disciples before Pentecost, they were a waste of space. They kept getting it wrong. They kept misunderstanding. They kept running away. They kept denying him. They, I mean, I mean it, was, it was a catalog of disasters. And then when they were filled with the Spirit on the day of Pentecost, these, these wimps became bold. They endured persecution. They proclaimed Jesus. And they planted churches all over the known world. Then we're coming into land. Um, the fruit of the Spirit. Um, in Galatians 2.20, Oh my, and what's the fruit of the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit is a description of Jesus. There are one fruit, nine flavors. I'm going to try and say them. I got it right by a miracle in the first service. I know because it's live streamed, I'm going to get it wrong this one. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. I did it. I did it. This is a miracle. This is a flipping miracle. You know, that's, and it's one fruit, nine flavors. It's nine different aspects of the life of Jesus. Have you ever tried to be good? Have you ever tried to change? I have. It's flipping exhausting, and it doesn't work. Lean in. Lean into him. Let Christ's life be lived more and more through you by the Holy Spirit. So the fruit of the Spirit. Then the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, the Greek word for gifts is charisma, charismata, which is, which is a free gift. It means if you give, someone, you, give, you give someone a present for nothing. And that's what these gifts are. Whether it's the gift of prophecy or the gift of healing or the gift of miracles or the gift of discernment or the gift of the word of knowledge or, or, what, or word of wisdom or whatever it might be. They, they, they're free gifts. He equips us and empowers us for service. And that comes by the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to read out the last two because I want to make sure we have time to pray. He reminds us, the Holy Spirit, of the words of Jesus and leads us into truth. You can see that um, Jesus says that at the end of John's Gospel. And then finally, he, the Holy Spirit, is our comforter and our advocate. Our comforter and our advocate. He comes close. He speaks for us. He comforts us and he speaks for us. Why be filled with the Holy Spirit? Be filled with the Holy Spirit for all these reasons. Being filled before will get filled again. Do not be drunk with wine, says Paul, but be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Present day, continuous. Be, be filled. Why? Because we leak. In a few moments, we're going to pray for anyone who wants to, and we're going to anoint with oil 
And we'd love it to be everyone. For all who are thirsty, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. That's what Jesus says. And then he says a little story. And then he says, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him?